It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're delving more into scams, and this time we're going to concentrate a bit on romance scams. Joining me today is Francois Grayson. She's the Communication Outreach Manager at the Utah Division of Securities. And I also have Susan Spears joining us. She is the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Francois, I'm going to start with you. We recently had some data come out that shows Utah is number 19 of all states for most money scammed on just romance scams. We're not even talking about all the other scams that are out there. Mm -hmm. This is just people falling in love with somebody who all they want to do is take their money. And in 2021, $8 million was lost Mm -hmm. just in the romance scams. So that's why I want to go over some things to look out for on all scams. But what is it with the romance? I mean, are we just all hard up here in the state? What's going on? <laughs> well, I, I think romance scams, they're a little bit more difficult, right? Because dealing with the emotions of individuals and um, the, the scammers and these sort of schemes already are going to attempt to get the trust of their target and specifically hone in on the emotional component. And I, and I think just myself, too, just living in Utah, where we're very communal um, oriented and we're very friendly and, and we can tend to be pretty trusting. And so I think for our, us at the Division of Securities, we, we've actually had quite a few cases where there was a, a component there where the, the scammer in that case sort of preyed on on their victim and, and dated the victim and, and eventually asked them to and, and use their funds to invest and so I, I just think that there's just this element that the, the scammer sort of uses the emotions of their their victim to ultimately gain their trust and, and steal their money. I'm not sure if it's just specific to us. I don't think it is. But there's certainly an element of that to, to the uh, cases that we investigate. No, across the entire U.S. in 2021, $547 million was lost mm-hmm. just in, to romance scams and Utah lost $8 million of that 547 But the romance scams are very different from the ones that mm-hmm. we all kind of hear about where somebody calls you up and says, oh, you owe the IRS this amount of money, pay us with a gift card. Mm-hmm. And that's like an instantaneous type of thing. A romance scam is, right. they're in it for the long haul. If I'm a scammer and I'm trying to get money out of you, I must be living off of, other means because I'm waiting three, four months maybe before I can finally bilk you of some money. Right. Romance scammers, they do tend to take time to get to know their targets and and try to gain their trust before they ask for money. I mean, think about it. If it were you or I and we started a, a new relationship, it would seem kind of odd to initially just start talking about your finances or 
ask you for money, I would think that that would create red flags for, for most folks. And so it is a little bit more of a, a longer term scam because you have to take time to get to know your target and develop that relationship and trust. Susan, I know in your practice, you've run across clients who have lost all their money. How does that affect you on taxes? Well, it's a lesson hard learned. I mean, there's nothing in the tax code that lets you take a loss on being scammed. It's the unfortunate thing. So you not only lose your money, you lose, you lose trust in humanity. I mean, it, it, you're burned, but, but then there's another financial component of that. Um, in that you don't have the money to pay bills or pay taxes and, and especially with taxes and you get to pay penalties and interest and, it starts to kind of be an exponential thing. So it is important that we do our due diligence on our part. And I, I think to what Francois is saying is they're playing on our emotions and, and who doesn't want to be loved? You mentioned the tax code. I can actually write off gambling losses. If I purposely throw my money away and I lose money gambling, but there's no restitution through taxes if I give it away because I thought I was helping a fellow human being? No. And you bring up gambling losses. Gambling losses, you can only deduct up to gambling winnings. So if I play the slot machines and let's say I win $2,000, but I spent $5,000 to get that $2,000, I could only write off $2,000 to net it out to zero. Okay. The other 3000 is it's my bad. All right. So, Francois, what are some of the cues that maybe we can pick up on that I'm being romanced, not because the person actually wants to get to know me and maybe we have a really long term relationship versus they're just trying to get my money? How do I identify that? There's several red flags that um, anyone can can take a look at and at least kind of raise raise your ears to to make you think that. You should be a little bit more cautious about this person. For one thing, a, a lot of the, the romance scammers, um, a lot of them are creating false identity, identities online. And so um, there's already this degree of anonymity when you are meeting someone online that you haven't actually met them in person. Um, and so a, a lot of the, the romance scammers, they'll be reluctant to meet you in person because of that. Maybe they're not what they look like or, or who they say they are. Another a red flag that you can immediately sort of identify and at least make you cautious is any kind of delay tactic, an excuse not to meet in person. So you just want to prolong actually identifying who you really are, the scammer. Another one could be preferring a long distance relationship, but still, still that's going along with the delay tactics. I don't want to meet in person because I'm not who I said I am. If that person, and we sort of referenced this earlier, immediately or, or very soon within the relationship, starts discuss discussing finances or flaunting their wealth or, or asking you how much money you have or seeing that they have a business opportunity. And again, this is just cautionary tale almost immediately uh, when you begin the relationship. That's the subject that you're talking about. That, that could raise some red flags. I've had a couple of people on Facebook, they try to friend me, but they submit a picture, they're in military uniform. And so this is a big one I think people need to be aware of. The mm -hmm. second you see somebody in military uniform and they're trying to friend you and it's like, hey, how are you? No introduction, no nothing. They're just like, hi, how are you? They're trying to engage mm -hmm. you very quickly. 
The problem is, is one of the pictures they sent was of Major Brent Taylor, who here in Utah, he was very well known. He was a mayor in one of our Utah cities, but he was also an active duty person and died in Afghanistan. So we had huge military honors for him, the whole bit. And six months later, I get this friend request with Brent Taylor's picture. It's like, no. <laughs> so I think that's something you can research some of these people that if they're sending you pictures where they're in, in military uniform, that picture is actually of a real person mm -hmm. but chances are they they may not be alive right you can you can do a reverse reverse image search of a picture that may already be out there online and you are able to immediately find that that was actually a real person and and they had actually passed so there was no way that the person you were talking to was this person on the image so how do you do a reverse lookup for those of us who are computer illiterate <laughs> Uh, there, there's there's several resources. Usually, I'll I'll Google just resources that that we could possibly use. Basically, you would download the image somebody sent you, and then you upload it to a website that helps you search for who this person really is. Is that basically right? And there's several search engines. One that you can use, for instance, is uh, with Social Catfish, and they have a reverse image search pretty helpful, but it's exactly as, as you mentioned, you sort of download the, the image and it will look on any public database and figure out if this image has already been used for another means. We do need to take a break. When we come back, we'll go more into some of these romance scams that are out there. We just mentioned this one where people try to friend you on social media and using fake pictures. And also, I want to go into some of these terms. So we'll be right back with Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA and also Francois Grayson, who is the Communication Outreach Manager with Utah Division of Securities. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that it affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it, and today we're talking about scams and honing in on romance scams because they are big all across the country and probably across the world. Joining me today is Francois Grayson. She is the Communication Outreach Manager with Utah Division of Securities, and Susan Spears, who is the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs. All right, Susan, before we move on, you had talked about in the break, you pick up the collateral damage from when people have been scammed. Is there any advice you can give people if they're already in that situation? I think that we're so comfortable today with social media and kind of hiding behind that black box, if you will, that cell phone that we have, 
that we really need to put our antennas up a little bit. And as you enter into relationships or as you, and or even transactions with people, do your homework, do a little bit of due diligence, make sure that they're real. And as Francois indicated, there, there are tools on the, the internet. I mean, even a simple Google search, make sure that they're who they are. Because often what happens is they do get scammed out of all this money. There really are no tax breaks. But the, the one thing that I always worry about is perhaps we have identity theft to boot on top of this. So it's a matter of make sure that your bank accounts are secure, your credit cards aren't being used for things other than what, than what you're charging. I mean, really do make sure that you're on top of it. Do your homework. All right, Francois, just before the last break, you had talked about if we wanted to do a, a reverse lookup on somebody's picture that they may have sent mm-hmm. us, you said you can go to a website, it's called Social Catfish, but what does catfish mean <laughs> exactly? I mean, because that's important in this particular mm-hmm. website. What does that mean exactly? Right. It's, it's more, a, I would say, a social media phenomenon that started a few years ago and it show came out of it I think it aired on MTV but essentially it was just folks who were looking for for romance and even if it wasn't for romance just developing relationships online and they would put images of people that they were not and essentially pretend to be someone else that they aren't while they're developing this relationship whether or not it's romantic or, or just a friendship and and that's what the term became known as you're, you're being catfished because it's not the true image of the person you've de- developed that relationship with online. And so, again, I don't remember when the show came out, but there was this show on MTV called Catfish where they would expose these individuals who were pretending to be someone that they weren't to the person that they developed a relationship with. So it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> but, wow. All right. So, Francois, what happens if I have been scammed? Somebody tries to romance me, I do get the money, and then all of a sudden they disappear and I realize, oh man, they took me for pretty much all I'm worth. What can I do? Well, there's a few few things that you can do, and it really just depends on how they scammed you. If it's just a general scan and they sort of took your money, you can always submit a complaint with the FBI or with the Federal Trade Commission and they'll open an investigation If it was actually an investment, meaning this individual said, hey, give me your money, I will get a return for you, double-digit returns, you don't have to do anything, I'm going to invest your money, you can certainly submit a complaint with the division, and we could take a look at it and open up an investigation and figure out what we can do and if there was any securities laws that uh, were violated. Does that work? I mean, have you actually had (laughs) success finding people Mm -hmm. who took money? We have. The, the division, we've, we've had a couple cases, some that have been adjudicated and some that are still in the process. But one example that I know very recently that comes to mind um, for me, we, we actually recently investigated a case. Uh, it was an individual, and we'll call her Jane. And there was this, we'll call him Casanova. Um, but they, they met on a dating website. It was called LDSSingles.com. And Jane, she was actually a recent widower. She was also a school, te- a school teacher. The two began dating, and after about a few weeks of dating, Casanova told Jane that he was a, a successful forex trader, so that he offered to manage her retirement accounts. And remember, she's a teacher, so this is her 401k plan. This is her life savings. And so because she had already developed that relationship with him and they had already been dating, there was already a position of trust there. But what Casanova did not tell Jane was that 
he had already been sued by several previous investors for not essentially doing what he said he would do. He did not get the double-digit returns that he told her he um, could get. He was not a successful forex trader. He had bankruptcies that he should have disclosed um, to her. He could not essentially give her what he offered to give to her. So uh, Jane, she did submit a complaint with the division. The division opened an investigation, and uh, we did actually find that Casanova had defrauded about 50 other investors out of a total of about $2.8 million. And so typically with these cases, unfortunately, when it gets to the division, sometimes it's too late to get any of the money back, although the division does typically ask for restitution um, for the victims when we do submit an administrative or recommend a, a criminal proceeding. But in this case, there there was a criminal case filed and in Casanova, he was sentenced to three to 15 years for securities fraud and also a pattern of unlawful activity. So that was a pretty successful prosecution in the sense that we were able to uncover the fraud, investigate it, and try to figure out what we could do to stop it moving forward. In this case, did Casanova and Jane ever actually meet in person, or did was it completely online? They initially met online, and then they did meet in person. I would caution my own personal like antenna that Susan <laughs> has talked about, is if I have not asked anybody to help me invest and somebody just goes oh by the way this is what i do hey you want me to help you uh-uh run exactly. run the other direction <laughs> mm-hmm. if you want to be cautious <laughs> don't even be cautious run <laughs> i mean you might still be able to be friends with them but i'd be like hey that's great but i have my own person right. to help me even if you don't just tell them you do and find somebody mm-hmm. that you've researched that you know has all the licenses yeah, I'm and sorry. Exactly. You you can always research it. If, if anyone comes to you and says, hey, I'm a financial professional and I can get you returns and this is guaranteed, those are already red flags. But you can certainly reach out to the division to see if this person is licensed. You can also check something called FINRA Broker Check to see if they have any past um, complaints on their record or even if they're licensed to either sell securities or provide investment advice. So there's resources out there to check, certainly. And for Susan, as you know, the only thing that's guaranteed in life is death and taxes. And that's what you <laughs> deal with is taxes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I would say if somebody says, oh, this is guaranteed, unless they say it's death or taxes, again, run, run the other direction. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we have an obligation as individuals. We need to do our own homework. At the end of the day, we hate to hear this, but um, we have some responsibility as to what the consequence of what has happened. And that that's where this emotion is so tough because I think as human beings, we certainly have emotions and we like those relationships, but it's trust but verify. It, I mean, those little red flags are there for a purpose. Okay, we need to take one more break. When we come back, we'll go into a few more scams, maybe a few more red flags that we need to look out for. Joining me is Francois Grayson. She's a communication outreach manager with the Utah Division of Securities. And we also have Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about scams, and we've zeroed in on romance scams, which apparently is a subset of affinity scams. Joining me today is Francois Grayson. She's a communication outreach manager for the Utah Division of Securities. 
and also Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. And Susan, I'm going to start with you. What's the difference between an affinity scam and a romance scam? Because they're sort of in this, they're all sort of in the same area. They are in the same area. And boy, Francois, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I've dealt with some of these scams on the, on the other side, affinity fraud seems to occur with trusted groups of people. So often here in Utah, you'll, we'll often hear of people who have been scammed by somebody that's a leader in their church group, for example. Okay. I know in my own little town, there were several people that were scammed hundreds of thousands of dollars by a leader who had gained the congregation's trust, if you will, and took money and used it for who knows what. Um, This this was another one that the Division of Securities was able to prosecute successfully, and I think that the individual is now serving time in jail. But Again, it's it's trust based. You know, I mean, you, I mean, as a congregation, you trust your leader, whatever they come to you, they may know you have money or whatever. And say, hey, I've got this deal going on. Would you be able to invest X amount of dollars into this program or this business venture, whatever? Would affinity scams cover? Sometimes you hear people say, "Oh, I've got cancer," when they don't. And then they managed to collect money from friends and family and maybe even the friends set up a GoFundMe. And it turns out they didn't really have cancer. Is that also in that affinity fraud type area? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I would say so. Again, it's that, it's that group trust, if you will. And again, we're tugging on the heartstrings. You know, so-and-so has cancer. We've seen this in Utah. We've seen, you know, where people would, would ask for money to help take, take take care of kids or cancer treatments or whatever. And, and of course, people think naturally want to help out. But again, it's another scam. And then the romance scams that we were talking about in the first couple segments, that's basically just a subset of affinity. It's also tugging on the heartstrings, but it's specifically aimed at trying to make somebody fall in love with you or trust you enough hopefully leading to some type of deeper relationship that they'll be like, oh, sure, I'll hand over all my money. Right. All right. So, Francois, what other red flags do we need to be aware of Mm -hmm. as people are trying to take our money? Certainly just in, um, in addition to what we mentioned earlier, just anyone essentially pressuring you to send money to invest for, uh, to either invest or because there's a dire personal need suddenly. They, they have medical bills or a family is in trouble. Any sort of pressure tactic, essentially, that is pressuring you to get the money to them very quickly. And again, very quickly within the relationship. Um, also asking you to send money to any sort of unverified app or a website. That's another way that the, the scammer can try to take your money. And, and again, just kind of displaying their personal wealth on their online profile. Hey, look at me, I have all of this money. Um, anything that essentially is, is starting to make you uncomfortable very early in the relationship, asking for money and, and pressuring you to get that money. Yeah, so if you see the people that have been bragging about, oh, look, I'm so wealthy, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, I have something stuck in customs, right? and my bank account won't cover this because it's an overseas account and they want an American bank account to cover the customs fee. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, those are all like... Red flag, red flag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, there's one that I thought was really interesting. It's called being a money mule. Mm -hmm. Explain that to me a little bit. Essentially, is is when a, a scammer, they don't ask you directly for the money. They ask you instead to use your bank account, for instance, to accept money and then send that money to someone else. That is a big red flag as well. And so essentially, they are being the money mule. You're, you're being the money mule and they're asking you to potentially commit a crime because you're not sure where you're accepting that money from and who you're giving that money to and for what purpose it is. And so um, in that sense, it's a little bit different because they're not asking you directly. For money. Is that a way to launder money? It could be. It could be a way to launder money. Mm -hmm. What about crypto ROMs? Crypto ROMs. <laughs> um, essentially, that's just romance scam, but using cryptocurrency to engage the scam. The division, we've investigated a few cases that involved cryptocurrency, and we were able to successfully prosecute some of them. It wasn't involved involving a romantic relationship, but in, in that case, it, it was involving um, scammers who were, and it, it actually was, you spoke about affinity fraud earlier. It was actually specifically within a group um, within the state of Utah, and it was within the Latino community, and uh, a lot of individuals within the Latino community were coming to the same people essentially to invest their hard-earned money, and it turned out that it was a scam, so they lost their money. Um, but we were able to successfully prosecute it. Um, but that was a pretty big case a few years back that we we worked on. That group that you just spoke of, did they mm -hmm. get any of their money back? We were. We, we were able to get some restitution back for them. There was also a criminal case that was prosecuted against um, one of the individuals in that case. But for, for this particular case, it actually was a larger scam. And uh, the scam in Utah was really just a subset of a larger scam, a larger criminal enterprise. But in that case, at least for the investors involved who worked with us, we were able to get some funds back. All right. So as we wrap things up, remind us, what are some of the biggest red flags that we mm -hmm. need to know about? Giving examples of maybe how people approach you so that you know, oh, okay, wait, my little antennae are up now. I, this, I know that this could be a scam. Essentially, the man or woman of my dreams drops into my inbox and says, hi, how are you? And is telling me all the things that I would love to hear in a relationship. And maybe a week into that relationship of, of us talking, they suddenly ask me for a loan, maybe. You know, maybe I need 20 bucks to or 200 bucks to help me out with this cab. I, I don't know. But anything where it seems just off after initially meeting a person yeah. and they're already asking me for money. Or they're asking you if you have money to invest and they're offering you extraordinary guaranteed returns um, to do that. Um, essentially, you know, don't send your money to someone that you just met online, no matter what the personal connection uh, you feel that you've developed. Um, that, that should be a cautionary tale. You know, don't discuss your personal finances with someone that you just met online. Don't provide your banking information. You know, be cautious. Um, if you just met someone providing any of your personal information, be cautious, certainly, of anyone pressuring you to provide any kind of personal identifiable information or any of your finances. Run a background check. You know, do a Google search. See if anything comes up with this person's alleged name and a, and a scam attached to it. And then Susan, Susan mentioned this earlier, but if it sounds too good to be true, it, it likely is. Check that verify. And so there's a lot of things that seem common sense that we can do to protect ourselves, but I think when our emotions are involved, we tend to let our guards down a little bit more. 
and we we tend to trust a little bit more and think that that's that's of a person. Yeah, I I can understand being lonely, especially Mm -hmm. the last couple of years when we've all been even more isolated from society and even maybe your friends and family if you couldn't go visit them. So I understand being lonely and wanting to make contact with somebody. But that doesn't mean that just because you're lonely and they are trying to manipulate you about your loneliness, that -hmm. you should be opening up your pocketbook. Exactly. No, don't don't do it. If they ask you, there there are plenty of fish in the sea. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there, I'm sure plenty of other catfish too, that'll try Mm -hmm. to catfish you. But if you have to go from one person to the next until you find somebody that isn't asking you for any money, gift cards, no gift cards, um, anything like that, (laughs) then, then take the time to do that. And you won't be lonely while you're in the middle of trying to find the person who isn't Mm -hmm. trying to scam you. So there you go. (laughs) And then if you do become the unfortunate victim of a scam, don't be ashamed to come forward and tell someone. Don't be ashamed to come to the division. As I said, if it's an investment and talk to us and submit a complaint and and we're going to do our obligation and and we're going to follow through and investigate it and make sure that this doesn't happen to someone in the future. And that's for any state in the country, right? Any state has a division of securities and you can go to them if you have been a victim. If you've been a victim of an, it involves an investment. Yes. And even if it's not the division's jurisdiction, because it may not be security involved, we can also reach out to other referral agencies to figure out who should we get this to to investigate it. Thank you so much, Francois Grayson. Again, you are the Communication Outreach Manager with the Utah Division of Securities. And we also have Susan Spears. She's the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.